Right, we're going to have Brother Adrian come to preach for us now. And I think you well acquainted with his, uh, his introductory information by this point. And I, I would, if I could put one word to this brother, describe him in one way, I would say genuine. Every time I'm around him, he's not trying to put on any airs. He's not out to impress anyone. Ever since I've known this brother... And this goes back 20 plus years. He sincerely wants to magnify the Lord Jesus Christ. And I'm, I'm honored to call him a friend and a fellow laborer. So I'm looking forward to what he has for us tonight and what the Lord will do through him. Let's pray that he remembers to turn the button on. God bless you, brother. We love All right. Well, it's been a good time. It's been a good time. Uh, I have really enjoyed myself, and I, I just want to say thanks again to the church. Um, want to uh, ask you to open your Bibles to Matthew 28. I'm going to try to keep it very brief tonight. Um, when I say I'm going to try to keep it very brief tonight, my church just laughs at me. But don't worry, you don't have to be nervous. I will keep it very brief. Um, I would like to say donkey, 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 over and over and over. <laughs> All right? Um, actually, let me, let me do something real quickly. Uh, Brother, uh, Pastor Flick, would you come back up? All right. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try this, all right? Detes for yo. Is that good? All right. So this is from... I want to explain what this is. Our, our Vacation Bible School kids brought money all week long at Vacation Bible School in the month of June specifically to be a blessing to your preacher and for this ministry, and I just wanted to give this to you. I tell you, I love you, man. Appreciate you. Yes, sir. We can all go to Spur afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> I was hoping that would buy me a little bit of uh, no one laughing at my, at my uh, Afrikaans. So, yeah, good. All right. Uh, let's see. I'm going to try this as well. Det vers er sien om her til vis bajala. Alright, alright. Woo! I have never been so nervous in my life. I tried that all afternoon. I even had voice recordings back and forth with Brother Michael, wherever he's at. And I said, is this right? And he go, no, no, a little bit more like this. And, and he even tried. He, you know what he did to be a blessing? He says, Eso no es correcto. He said, that is not correct. <laughs> That's the only Spanish he said he knew, but that was good. Uh, it has been so good. I just want to say thanks again to the church. Um, the uh, the braai was, uh, lecker braai, it was good, wonderful. Uh, the, uh, all the food was wonderful, the hospitality. Uh, I, was, I was wondering, uh, Brother Zinkley, do you think you could fit in my suitcase? <laughs> I, I'm going to take him back with me. He, I just love his excitement and his passion. Amen. It's contagious. It's contagious. It's wonderful. Appreciate that. Um, and I also wanted to ask, some of the young ladies have gotten to know my daughter, and this trip meant a lot to her, and some of you have gotten to know her. Um, she left her phone somewhere, and I just want to make sure my phone's right there on the floor. If after the service, if you don't mind getting with her, she had to get some pictures with some of you young ladies, so I, I'd, I'd really appreciate that. Um, all right, Matthew chapter number 28. Matthew chapter 28. Um, so let's stand one last time. All right? We're just going to read, read one verse. 
Matthew chapter number 28. And you know the verse. You ought to be familiar with it. Very simple. Let's read it all together. Ready? Go ye... Oh, I didn't say what verse it was, did I? All right, verse number 19. How about that? Matthew 28, verse number 19. All right, ready? Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. One more. Mark chapter number 16. Flip over to Mark 16. Mark 16. You ought to uh, probably have an idea of where we're going with this. Mark chapter number 16. Mark 16, look if you would at verse number 15. Let's read it all together. And he said unto them, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Amen. Father, I ask tonight that you'd bless the word as it goes out. Thank you for this sweet church and Lord, their wonderful spirit. Lord, their desire to give, their desire to send. And Lord, I pray that you'd bless the, the ordination that we're about to do. I pray, Lord, that this message would be a blessing to this entire church. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Be seated if you would. Uh, I would say this uh, in a very, very uh, succinct manner, in a very, uh, to try to sort of put everything together that we've looked at. We talked uh, uh, initially on Friday night. We, we said, you know what? We want the Lord to work for us. Has the Lord worked for anybody here this weekend? I, I pray that He has. Uh, we looked at the man behind the greatest missionary. We learned that, that not all of us are going to be the Apostle Paul. We need some Barnabases as well. I pray that we find some in this church. Uh, this morning we learned about some lessons in missions that you can learn from a place called hell. What an eye-opening thing that is. And this morning we learned about a man on a mission. Thank God for Jesus Christ. He is the man on the mission of saving souls. He came to seek and to save that which was lost. And tonight I'd like to talk to you a little bit about this. Uh, there are moments in life, we know, we just read the verses, we know what our mission is. Amen? Now, I'm reading a book right now called Extreme Ownership. It's by two Navy SEALs, two, two uh, uh, United States Navy SEALs. And uh, one guy's named Eric, the other guy's name is Jocko. And these guys fought over in Ramadi, Iraq. They wrote a great book about leadership and about ownership. And in that thing, they talk about how simple and how easy it is to get sidetracked from what the actual mission is. They discussed and how they would be uh, given the exact orders and what it is they're supposed to do. And they would know from point A to point Z exactly what the parameters were. And yet, oftentimes they would be distracted. And they would find that something else had gotten their attention. Or they'd find that they would get upset about how the orders came. And they would have to get everybody's attention back to, hey, here is the mission. Don't get your eyes off of that. But life has a way, let's be honest, life has a way of presenting to us some distractions, amen? And there are moments in life that feel a little bit bigger than the mission. And I want to talk to you about four simple things, four moments in life that can seem bigger than our mission. Uh, I would say this, number one, there are moments of frustration. You know what I wish? I wish that, man, whenever you served God, it just meant there were no problems no sickness, no pain, no depression, no struggles. That's not reality, amen? There are moments of frustration in serving God. Uh, I'll ask you to go ahead and turn to Acts chapter number 15. I'm sorry, Acts chapter 13, I apologize. Acts chapter number 13. 
And as you turn there, I, I want to quote a verse to you from 1 Corinthians 16. And the verse is this, For a great door and effectual is open unto me. And there are many adversaries. Now the way that we oftentimes read that verse is more like this. For a great door and effectual is open unto me, but there are many adversaries. That's not what it says. It doesn't say but, it says and. The idea is if you've got an open door and you've got a mission to go on, there are going to be adversaries. There will be frustrations. Acts chapter number 13 you say, what is going on in Acts 13? They just laid hands on Paul and Barnabas. They just said, hey, you have had a testimony here. You've been commended by the church. You've been faithful. You've learned the Bible. You've taught the Word of God. We are going to send you out. And man, you know what everybody's doing? Man, everyone's excited and they're singing and they got the, they got the drum, they got the piano, they've got the guitar, they've got whatever they got going on. Man, they are excited to get them on out there. And I, I can tell you this, Paul and Barnabas were probably excited as well. And they should have been. But I want to show you something. Look at Acts 13. And look, if you would, oh, somewhere about verse number 8. Acts chapter 13, verse number 8. The Bible says in Acts chapter 13, in verse number 8, but Elimus the sorcerer withstood them seeking to turn away the deputy from the faith. You say, what happens in verse number two? The Holy Spirit says, separate unto me Barnabas and Saul. And when they fasted, verse three, and laid their hands on them and prayed, they sent them away. And in verse number four, they went and they did exactly what they were called to do. But it wasn't just four verses into their trip that the word but shows up. <laughs> Look if you would. At verse number 44, same chapter. Acts chapter 13, verse 44. And the next Sabbath day came almost the whole city together to hear the word of God. Let me tell you something. If you can get almost the whole city to come hear the word of God, you've got something going on. I tell you what, it was a blessing seeing this church today, seeing it packed out and seeing the spirit and the fervor. But man, I tell you what, imagine almost the entire city. It'd be spilling out there and spilling out there. Boy, if a whole city comes out, or even almost a whole city, that's pretty exciting stuff. We would say, man, praise God for that. I can tell you this, if on your first trip, if on your, you get settled in there in the next couple months, and you wake up one day and you say, I'm just going to preach the word like I always have. And all of a sudden, almost the whole city comes out. That's exciting. No, I'm not promising that's going to happen. When we started our church, it was in my living room. And I remember knocking on some doors of my neighbors. And, and they say, oh, where's this church at? And I would say, it's in my house. And then they'd go, But I want you to notice, as excited as they may have been, look at verse 45. I want you to notice what that first word is. But when the Jews saw the multitudes, they were filled with envy and spake against those things which were spoken by Paul, contradicting and blaspheming. Look, if you would, at what happens in verse 49. They continue and they, they preach the word of the Gentiles and the word of the Lord was published throughout all the region. That's exciting, man. The word of God is going out. Look at verse number 50. <laughs> What's the first word there? But the Jews stirred up the devout and honorable women. I don't know if this saying makes any sense here at all, 
But in America, the saying is this, hell hath no fury like a woman scorned. And when they stir up the honorable and the devout women, boy, that is trouble. And they got them so upset, they want to get them out of their seat. You say, what did they do? Oh, they quit. They started sucking their thumb. No, they kept on going. And I want you to notice what they do in verse 51. Here is a good form of the word but. But, look what it says, they shook off the dust off their feet against them. They said, you know what, if they're not going to take it, we'll go somewhere else. But I want you to notice there were moments of frustration along the way. It's not always going to be easy. And listen, when it comes to missions, there are going to be times when you're just frustrated with ministry, frustrated with life, frustrated with people, and you've got to learn to just continue to plow. Somebody asked a preacher one time, have you ever thought about quitting? He says, every week. And then what do you do? I get back in the pulpit and I preach again. Moments of frustration. Can I give you this? Go to one, a little bit over. Go to Acts chapter number 15. Moments of frustration can seem bigger. When you're in the middle of some kind of problem or trial, especially when trying to serve God, especially when trying to give to missions and pray for missionaries and, and, and be a, involved in it and be a witness for Jesus Christ and be a man or a woman on a mission with the gospel, there are going to be moments of frustration when things don't go the way that you desire or plan them to go. There are going to be moments of frustration, also moments of contention. I wish this was not the case, but I want you to look at Acts chapter 15. Most of you are familiar with this. Look at verse number 39. Paul and Barnabas, what happens? The Bible says that the contention was so sharp between them that they departed asunder one from the other. And so Barnabas took Mark and sailed on Cyprus, and Paul chose Silas. Uh, I, I think someone was explaining to me recently, there's a, an animal here, uh, Kulu. Kulu? Am I saying that right? Somewhere like that? Okay, just smile and go yes, okay? <laughs> Back in America, we've got deer, you know, and they, they got the bucks with the big antlers. And, and I read a story about a, a group of guys that went hunting one time. And they went hunting, they got their, their, their tags, they got their licenses, and, and they got their rifles, and they, they, they paired off in groups of two. And, and, and two guys go this way, uh, 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 Harry and John go this way, and, and, and Tim and Frank go this way, and uh, Tim and Frank are, are waiting because it's getting late, and they knew that Harry and John had gone that way, and man, it's almost time to meet back at camp, and they, look, they pick up the binoculars, and they look, and they see uh, one guy walking back, and as he gets closer, it's John, and John is carrying the buck on top of him. He's got a big old smile on his face, he's so excited, he's, he's, just, he's guys, look at this. And all of a sudden, uh, Tim and Frank go, hey, hey, listen, that's great, but John, where is Harry? Well, Harry had a stroke. He had a heart attack back over there. You mean to tell me you left Harry back there? He said, yeah, I figured nobody was going to steal Harry. <laughs> now, here's the point. Priorities. And it's very easy in ministry to get frustrated sometimes even with each other. And you've got to make sure that you keep your eyes on the mission itself. Paul and Barnabas, their contention was so sharp, they split up, and we know that God uses it in the end. But listen, what I'm trying to get is this. The Bible says, fight the good fight. If the Bible says, fight the good fight, there are some fights that are not worth fighting. 
There are some fights that God will look at and say, hey, that is a lousy fight to be involved in right now. Moments of contention can come up. Let me say this, moments of misplaced affection. Go to Colossians chapter 4. Colossians chapter 4. Colossians chapter 4, look if you would at verse number 14. This is Paul writing the the church of Colossae, and he's talking to them about what's going on around him and who's with him. And this is oftentimes what he does with his letters. He explains, he may have a a closing statement and, and a benediction, but in there somewhere, he will oftentimes mention who is with him or who is with him that he wants to send a greeting for. And here toward the end of Colossians, I want you to look at uh, verse number 14. Luke, the beloved physician, and Demas greet you. Listen, you know what he says? He says, hey, I've got two guys that are sending their hellos. They're sending their greetings. Uh, Look, if you would, over at uh, uh, Philemon. Philemon. There's only one chapter, so I don't need to say chapter one, but go to Philemon. Philemon, look at verse number 24. Marcus, Aristarchus, Demas, Lucas, my laborers, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. I think it's fair to say that Demas was a faithful servant and helper and laborer with Paul. In at least two of Paul's letters, in his closing statements, he goes, hey guys, listen, I've got to send a message I'm going to send you a voice note through WhatsApp, and here's what it is. Hey, listen, uh, uh, Marcus and Aristarchus and, and Demas, they're doing a great job. They're serving God with me, and man, they've been faithful, and they've been a blessing, and they just wanted to say hi. 2 Timothy chapter 4. 2 Timothy chapter number 4. Many of you understand where we're going with this. There are moments of frustration, no doubt. Moments of contention, even not always necessarily with the devil or the world or even just the flesh, but sometimes other believers. And, and listen, what I'm getting at is make sure you're fighting the good fight. Keep your eyes on the prize. But let me say there are moments of misplaced affection as well. There's a guy at my church, his name is Jose. And Jose is Mexican, I'm Puerto Rican, but from the back we look a lot alike. And there have been times that my wife, and we're about the same height. I, I wish I could show you a picture because I did his wedding, and we're standing next to each other, and everybody what, that saw that picture goes, twinsies. <laughs> and there have been times at church that I'm watching my wife from a distance, and she's coming behind Jose, and she goes, We've had a couple of close calls, you know, because she usually puts her hand over here and puts her hand like this. And, and she came up to me one time. She goes, honey, I just want you to know, I did not mean to almost touch Jose. <laughs> that would be what we called misplaced affection. <laughs> but sometimes things look a certain way from your vantage point and from where you sit. What I'm getting at is this, Demas was serving the Lord and Demas was faithful in missions. He walked alongside one of the greatest missionaries that ever lived 
and he served him faithfully. But I want you to look at 2 Timothy chapter 4 and verse number 10. You know that some of you are familiar with this. The Bible says, For Demas hath forsaken me, having done what? Loved this present world. And where is he? He is departed. He's gone. I read a story one time about a kid that got his hand stuck in a vase. And the parents come and they go, honey, and the kids, I can't get it out, I can't. And the parents are doing everything they can. They put butter around it. They put olive oil, and they're trying to pull the hand out, you know, and all that kind of stuff. And then they said, fine, you know what? It's an expensive piece of china, probably worth several hundred dollars. But you know what? Our kid's hand is worth it. You know what they do? They grab a hammer. They smash that thing. And when they smash it, they realize the kid's hand is in a fist. See what's in his hand? A penny. Now that's funny, but you know what that's like? That's like the Christian that's holding on to something. Oh man, I've got, a, I've got this. I need this. I need, what this world has. And you know what? Demas forsook him. He's holding on to a penny when he's surrounded by something so much more beautiful. It's almost like the, the story I read about the flies that are buzzing by and there's a spider's web, you know, and the, that spider's just spinning that web and spinning that web. And that spider says, hey, guys, uh, listen, we're going to have a dance later. You guys want to come join us? And all the flies are going, well, that sounds like a lot of fun. And one of the older flies is like, no, don't go there. You don't want to be in that web. But all the younger flies are like, man, it looks like a lot of fun. And after a while, that spider spins that web. And you know what happens? From a distance, it looks like a lot of fun because there's a lot of flies in it going like this. Now, you should be happy I didn't do salsa, okay? Because that's what I'm used to, all right? They're all, you know what's going on? They're all stuck. But from afar, it looks like a lot of fun. There'll be times where you have moments of misplaced affection and you will convince yourself, the devil will convince you, and the world will convince you, just quit. It's not worth it. I don't know any Christians that get to the end of their life. We have a nursing home ministry at our church. And at the nursing, uh, nursing home, oftentimes we'll sit down with some of the elderly and we'll talk to them. And the elderly that are lost without Christ, there are so many of them that are bitter. They want, they want revenge on people that did them wrong. They're angry. They're frustrated with the world. Then you sit down with a child of God who lived for Jesus Christ and they are glowing. There's a beauty. There's an aura about them that you cannot describe. I've never met one of them that says, man, serving Jesus and telling others about him and living for God and living to get the mission out, uh, that was a waste of my time. Not one of them. But I've met many a Christian that didn't live right. I met many a lost person that didn't have Christ that said, man, what was my life all about? Don't misplace your affection. Matthew 25, and we'll be done. Matthew 25. Matthew 25, verse number 21. Matthew 25, verse 21. 
his Lord said unto him, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. You know what's going to make it worth it all? Moments of blessed recognition. I didn't get the pat on the back here on earth. They didn't recognize me, but boy, he recognized me up there. Of times the day seems long, our trials hard to bear. We're tempted to complain, to murmur and despair. But Christ will soon appear to catch his bride away. All tears forever over in God's eternal day. It will be worth it all when we see Jesus. Life's trials will seem so small when we see Christ. One glimpse of His dear face. All sorrow will erase, so bravely run the race till we see Christ. Hey, I can tell you this, it will be worth it all. Keep the main thing the main thing.